Hello and welcome to the Messy Studio, Greece edition. I'm here with Jerry McLaughlin and we're going to be teaching a two-week workshop on the island of Skopelos at the Skopelos Foundation for the Arts. So welcome, Jerry. Thank you, Rebecca. Today we're going to talk about the idea of excellence versus the idea of perfection because it's something we grapple with as artists because we are always concerned, I think, about putting our best work out there. And a lot of us kind of cycle between, we wonder if the work is good enough or is it perfect? You know, we want it to be perfect. Um, and this can be a pretty paralyzing situation to be in. And I think what we'd like to talk about is that there really is a middle ground and that's where excellence lives. What is excellence and how does that apply to our work? And I think considering that topic will allow us to think more inclusively about our work and avoid the kind of blockage that can happen with perfectionism. So, and, and Jerry and I have been talking about this and have some, some thoughts about it because we both teach a lot of workshops, obviously, and we see this in our workshops, right? We absolutely see it in our workshops that um, people are striving for, obviously, this vision of something that is in their head, which is perfection, and none of us will ever arrive there and that difference between what ultimately ends up on your surface and what is in our mind is closer or farther away, depending on a lot of things. But we have to decide whether it's close enough to that to be okay. Yeah. So, and and I think what we what we thought we might start with talking about is really the whole issue of knowing the difference between what is excellent, what is good, and what is perfect kind of starts with how objectively you view your own work or we all view our own work. And if we're overly confident about it, it's hard to see it clearly because we think everything is fabulous. And um, if we're not confident enough, if we're insecure about it, the same thing is true. Absolutely. You know, there is this place that we have to live where we're not overly confident, where we really have no judgment. And we, uh, in the opposite way, live in a place that's really all about judgment and not about critique. And I think what we want is a, a happy ground between those two things, between being oblivious and being judgmental. Right. And I, and the, the judgmental attitude about our own work is often expressed when we say things like, I don't like it. Like, this is, this is terrible. Um, <clears throat> and it's that in itself as a judgmental statement doesn't really take you anywhere. <laughs> no, I mean, I think just like perfectionism, that is paralyzing because there's really nothing you can do with that statement. When somebody, when I'm trying to help somebody and they say, I hate this, it's ugly, I, I just don't know what to do with that. And they don't know what to do with it. I, I try to help them reframe that and say, well, what is working in this painting and what isn't working in this painting? Because those are tangible things that you can, that you can formulate a plan to move more towards what you're going to think of as excellence. Mm -hmm. And even the very, the very phrase, is it working, takes, takes a judgment or beating up on yourself kind of out of it. Like, you know, is the car running? So right there, it's a more objective state of mind. Um, and 
even the idea of is it working or not working can be subjective, obviously, um, but it does shift your frame of, of reference. And I guess when we were sort of discussing this idea, I raised the subject, well, you know, how do we, how do we know if we're looking at our own work objectively? <laughs> like, that's pretty hard, actually, to say, I think I'm being objective here. It is. And, you know, the reality is, do we ever really know? I mean, no, art is on some degree and in some arguments, 100% subjective, but we're going to have to come to some agreement that there are qualities that we expect in our own work, that others can see in our own work that are measurable or able to be evaluated and we have to try to adopt those things when we're looking at our own work. Otherwise, you're just in a, a place of nothingness. Uh, mm -hmm. There's just no way to make any kind of decisions. Yeah, and there's definitely value in, you know, if you have somebody that you trust to look at your work and, and be straightforward with you to say, um, do you feel it's working? Is there something here that's not working? Is it too chaotic? Is there enough structure? Is there... Is it just all over the place? Where do your eyes go when you look at this? What kind of feeling do you get from it when you look at it? Um, is there anything about it that that bothers you? And I, I know from my own experience, um, you know, different artist residencies and things where I'm interacting with my peers in a setting of complete respect that it's very helpful when people look at something and just give you an overall read on it and say, you know, this, because it's not really about the little stuff. It's about overall, does this artwork um, convey, uh, you know, confidence? Does it convey an idea? Does it convey a feeling? Is there, and, and people will say, well, you know, this one little part here is very distracting to me. And that's really useful because I might not have seen that little part. In the end, I don't think what we're talking about is about being right or wrong. It's about getting yourself in a place where you learn to look at your work through eyes that are not just your emotional eyes, but your more objective eyes. And that can be very helpful to see that through other people's eyes. And then as you and I talked about before we started the podcast, that some of that comes about just with time and yes. practice, that there's no shortcut to that. It's about making a lot of work and it's about looking at a lot of work, mm -hmm. including work that's not your own and asking those same questions. Mm -hmm. What's and working, in, what's not working. And in looking at your own work, seeing, okay, I've done these 10 paintings, they're similar, but I can pick out the ones that I think are working better out of say a same group of work. And, and why is that? What, what is it about these that are working better? And the asking yourself those questions, sitting and really looking at your work, comparing your own work to your own work and seeing this one works, this one doesn't. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that's too easy uh, for people to do, and I, I try to emphasize it in workshops is it's very easy to hone in on what we think is are, are the faults in the work and the negatives in the work. And I think that that's definitely important, but it's equally important to say what is working mm -hmm. because then you start to learn about what makes a better painting. You start to recognize the good things in a painting and that allows you to reproduce those things in future work. Right. And, and I think actually um, making notes, writing in a sketchbook, um, 
something to kind of cement that, okay, this, this type of contrast is really working. I like this texture here. Um, why is it working here but not there or something? This introspection, and over the course of the podcast, how many times I've brought up introspection when Ross and I talk or when I talk with other artists, this ability to just be with yourself, be with your work. And um, I think it's quite similar to journaling in a way where you, you're going to be very honest and you don't, probably no one else will ever see it. But this type of um, talking to yourself about your work, I think is important. I do too. And, and for a very long time, I kept up next to my easel pieces that I thought were very good that I might have been able to sell, but I said, you know what, I'm going to hang on to this because I want to remind myself why this piece is good and how I can bring that to current work. And I also have pieces that I thought were really, frankly, quite bad that had elements that I wanted to make sure I didn't continue to repeat in my work. And I kept those there for reference. And it was really Did they helpful. make you go, ouch? <laughs> Uh, they made me go, ouch and ah, <laughs> both. But sometimes they sat there for years before I would let go of them because I felt like I still had things to learn from them. And I think that's what you're talking about, introspection. Yeah. And, you know, looking, looking at the ugly ones, yes. <laughs> saying, yeah, that really is a pretty ugly painting. Yeah, and the good ones. <laughs> and the, the good, good ones. ones. Yeah. And, um, and to see the big picture, um, you know, we, we've both noticed – people in workshops and they're, they're frustrated by a painting. Uh, so they're going to make it better. And the way they're making it better is by finding one little part of the painting that they think, uh, if I could just get this right, it's going to be fine. And so even early on, on a painting, you know, two or three layers in, they're spending an awful lot of time, uh, finessing some little area. Yes. And, I think that's because it's difficult to confront the big issues in a painting because they can feel daunting. And usually those big issues, often the biggest one is just, comp frankly, composition. It's just not a great composition. And people will tackle a little corner or a little edge that just doesn't seem right. But that's not really the problem. The problem is fundamentally that the composition is just not working. But that's a much bigger and more scary task to confront. But that's the task you really need to confront first because your major issues may make your minor issues go away. And we need to learn inside to tackle our major issues first. Just like in our life, we should tackle mm -hmm. the big things in our life, not the little things. <laughs> True enough. Yeah, we can we can feel a lot better of ourselves about ourselves because we got some new thing to wear. But you know, if basically we need the whole makeover, then you know. <laughs> um, so, so what we're talking about here really is um, uh, making it work, making it good, making it excellent, perhaps. Um, but I think. It, Let's focus a little bit more on the difference between, um, you know, what those are. What, what is excellence? What is perfection? Um, and I, I looked these up in the dictionary, actually, because that's always kind of an interesting place to start. Um, the Oxford English Dictionary says excellence is, um, or I'm sorry, uh, yes, excellence is the quality of being outstanding or extremely good. Okay. And it says perfection is the action or process of improving something until it is faultless. Nothing wrong with it whatsoever. <laughs> I, 
I mean, that's it, in some way, it's an absurdity, right? I mean, there's just, we are humans. We live in a world that is completely devoid of perfection. So nothing you will ever make is going to be faultless. In fact, I wouldn't want paintings that are faultless because that would be something that is not human. Human beings mm. are fallible, fault-ridden creatures, and our, 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 our art should have fault in it, too. It's what keeps it human. Mm. So, um, if we have these two, these two kind of things that we're working with, we have many people's tendency towards perfection. In other words, I don't want anyone to see this unless it's perfect. And, and to me, that is a little bit of insecurity showing, mm -hmm. you know, because I don't want anybody to say anything bad about this. Mm -hmm. It's not realistic, though, mm -hmm. because people can always find fault with it. Yes. Well, it's like saying, I don't want people to see fault with me. Well, yeah. I mean, then you're not ever going to put your real self out there because none of us are perfect. We have ugly parts to ourselves, even if we're great people. Mm -hmm. So, um, so excellence then seems to be a much more... Uh, open-ended or flexible or workable goal. Yes. It's not an easy goal. No. I mean, excellence itself can be a little scary. Yes. <laughs> but I think uh, that is a very worthy goal and what we should be striving for is excellence. Yes. And, and perfection is an absolute. It is the quality of being faultless, whereas excellence is a gradation. There are a range of excellent paintings. Some are more excellent than others. What we want is our paintings to fall into this kind of big cache where we say they're excellent, even though we may recognize that some of them are better than others. Mm -hmm. They're all still excellent enough. <laughs> excellent enough. <laughs> Remember this, folks. <laughs> excellent enough. is ex It's like you say, oh, that's good enough. Well, it's excellent enough. <laughs> Um, and I guess, you know, it gets back to that idea that, yeah, there are kind of standards by which we can say this is an excellent work of art or someone we could say it about someone else's work or we could hope they say about ours um, that there is something about it where everything comes together, like the visual elements are working, the design is working. There is an authenticity to it. There is a personal feeling to it. It moves the viewer in some way. And this is true across the board. It doesn't matter what type of art we're talking about here. Right. It could be a sculpture. It could be a photograph, whatever. Um, there is a confidence in the use of the material. Mm -hmm. There is a sense that the person is at the top of their game. They, they know how to control this medium, and they know what they want to do with it. So um, I think all those things add up to excellence. Yeah. Um, but I also think... And you know, we talked about it as a goal that excellence can be a moving target, right? I mean, it's not something the first uh, two weeks that you start a medium that you're going to find. Well, it requires perspective as to where the artist is. And you might find a six-year-old who's been taking piano for six months, and they may be doing an excellent job where they are. But that's not the same thing as comparing them to Van Cliburn or somebody who's been, been playing for 30 years. Their parents might. Well, they shouldn't. <laughs> Just as we shouldn't do that in ourselves. What we should try to say is, based on where I am, with the experience and skill that I have, am I doing an excellent job? Knowing that over time, 
that that moving target of excellence is going to keep shifting. But if you aren't realistic as to where you are, then it is very defeating because you set an unrealistic goal. Even if it's not perfection, the degree of excellence that you're requiring exceeds your capabilities. That's just as defeating as perfection because in some ways it's the same as perfection. It's an unattainable Mm-hmm. Goal. You're expecting more from yourself than you're frankly capable of doing. And it's neglecting the fact that art is an evolving, growing journey. It is not a destination. Yeah, that's that's well put. I know you you mentioned a, a quote from Ira Glass, which you paraphrased when we were discussing this. Would you care to paraphrase that again? Sure. I mean, basically what he says is people who get into art, they do it because they have good taste. But in the beginning, you're just not that great at what you do, but your taste is still excellent. So what you make doesn't match up with your taste. And so you feel defeated. And um, many, many people never make it past that point. But what gets you past that point is to make a lot of art and realize that over time, you will start to get closer to that place that you envision your work being in your mind. Mm -hmm. But that place in our mind is always perfection. We're always fallible, but we just try to get closer and closer as we move through our art journey. Yeah, and I think I think having a sort of shimmering vision up ahead, which is hard to define, really. Yeah. I think a lot of us have that in our heads, but which may be perfection. Mm-hmm. It it's something, you know. I think a lot of artists would say, "I'm always striving for something. I don't even really know what it is." Mm-hmm. But it is amazing, you know, <laughs> and it can be very motivating. Um, I suppose it can also be very discouraging. And I'm not sure whether that falls into perfection or excellence or if it matters. But um, I mean, I know in my own life from an early age, there was something ineffable. I mean, I couldn't say what it was, but it's pulling me on, keeps me going, keeps me changing and moving in my work. Um in a way that wouldn't be there if I didn't have that kind of lofty ideal. But at the same time, I think it's important to take pleasure in the journey and not, and just leave that, whatever that is, shimmering up ahead, you know? Right. I mean, that shimmering thing is the creative goal that we're aiming for that is a a shifting, evolving thing. And as long as you really feel like you're working hard and moving toward it, and incrementally getting there, then that's to me excellence. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not perfection. It is excellence. You have a thing set ahead of you, you're working toward it, and you just keep moving. Even though that thing keeps moving as well, you keep moving <laughs> it toward does. it too. But that's the, it, yeah. if it didn't keep moving ahead of us, we would get bored. That's right. why we do it because it moves as we move toward right. it. We're always uh, shifting and changing ourselves. And so, and we never, I don't think you ever get to anywhere along the journey, you say, I've got it. No, <laughs> you know? you, we would get bored, right? Yeah, if you say, yeah. I've got it, then yeah. you'd say, well, I'm not going to paint anymore because I've done it. The, the point is the, the trying, it's not the getting there. Right. It's, so, so seeing the entire thing as a process, I think, um, really lifts the pressure of, um, of perfectionism, seeing, the process as one towards excellence with excellent steps along the way. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I, I know for myself when I look back at a painting I did 10 years ago or something, and I can be rather negative about that painting and say, well, yeah, really, you know, that's not so great. Um, at the time, 
probably thought it was really good. People, I mean, I've, I've been selling work for years, so I have to think, yes, I did sell some excellent paintings or people wouldn't have appreciated them, I suppose. Um, but um, from my perspective now, they are no longer excellent. Right. But to be kind enough to yourself to say that is a shifting target. Right. And, and at the time... If you thought it was excellent then and you feel like the reason it isn't excellent now is because you have moved to a further place towards what you now consider excellence, then to me, you have achieved exactly what you're trying to achieve, which is a moving target that you keep moving towards. Yeah. So it does. It makes perfect sense that when you look back, yeah. the target, you've already moved beyond that target, but your target is now farther away. Mm. And it, it's not... It doesn't say anything negative about that work of 10 no. years ago. Um, and I think whenever, you know, all my life, or I think a lot of artists are kind of careful about what they they let the world see, they want out there, because there is this sense of if it's not, if I don't feel really good about it, you know, I'm not ready to let it out there. So... That can be inhibiting or it can simply ensure that your work has a certain standard of quality throughout your art career. Mm -hmm. And that if somebody does like your work now, it's fine. In 10 years, it may be a different person who likes your work because we go through these stages as well. And they're not, I don't think you can qualitatively say this stage was better than that one necessarily, but we do grow in our skill and our refinement of idea right and and the whole point of what we do is exploration and exploration is the unknown you can't know when you start into an idea or a body of work or anything like that where it's going to go just like somebody who explores the world or space you don't know until you move toward it but if you're not moving towards something, that's failure to me. Excellence is moving towards something that you envision. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody who says, um, I, you know, I, I, I feel blocked in my work because um, it just, it isn't there yet, you know, and, and I just, I can't, I can't seem to motivate myself to continue on to find that thing that is glowing in my mind because I'm not there. What I would say is then you need to reframe what you're looking at because you just said to me the problem that you're not attaining, the, the reason you're not attaining this thing is because you're just not there yet. That is every reason to keep going. It's not a reason to stop going because the only way you're going to get there is to get better. And the reason that you get better is by making more work and recognizing that what you're doing now may actually be excellent. If you really reframe it and say, where am I now in my journey? Mm -hmm. That may not be where you're going to be in five years or 10 years or 25 Should years. Be. Hopefully it yeah. isn't. Yeah. But you have to honestly say, is what I'm doing now really excellent for where I am and for what I'm trying to achieve. If you're trying to achieve something beyond really what you're capable of, then that's not excellence. That's perfectionism. You're setting yourself up for failure. You do have to reframe and say over time, 
it will get better, but I have to have different goals. If I'm in six, the first six months of my painting, than if I'm in the first six years of my painting, that's realism, that that's realistic expectations that can be motivating, not defeating. Right. And, and to understand also how it can block you from moving forward in your art career I mean, we've all heard the advice uh, about approaching galleries and things that you need a solid body of work. And um, it needs to be excellent, this body of work. And I think that is one of the points where people become blocked by perfectionism because they know they're going to, they're in a situation in which they can be rejected. They probably will be rejected. We've yep. all been rejected from galleries. Yep. So the chances are, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Statistically, any one gallery you approach, it may very well be a rejection. Yeah. And so it paralyzes people thinking, um, if only it was a little better, you know. And yet, if you don't take that step and and go out there and see what the world thinks of your work, then you you may not you may lose a chance to see it objectively as other people do. I I agree, and and maybe uh, this might be getting to something that we had had mentioned, and I talk about when I I talk to people in workshops is globally a show or a body of work may be excellent, but it doesn't mean that you think every piece in that body of work or in that show is of equal caliber. Some of them are just good enough to be in that body of work, in that show. That doesn't mean they're not excellent when you lump the whole thing together. Just as every Shakespearean sonnet is not of equal caliber, every Monet painting is not a masterpiece, every Mozart piano Mm -hmm. sonata is not of equal caliber, and these are people who are far beyond the rest of us, right? Most of us are just right. mere mortal artists. These are these are the exceptional people. And yes. if their work is not all of equal caliber, then we certainly can't expect all of our work to be the same, even if we think it's excellent. Yeah, I think that's a really good point and, and quite comforting <laughs> to a lot of us mere mortals. Um, and um, also, you know, when you look at somebody's body of work, any of the people you mentioned or any of the very well-known artists, and you see what might be called a minor work or something, it it also shows you their process and it shows you how one thing leads to another and it shows um, one thing can inform another. Maybe there's there's a beginning of an idea in this piece. It's not fully blown. It's not fully explored. And then you see it. You see the arc of it. And, and I, there is something when people like your work to, and they follow your work to see evolution, to see change and growth is satisfying. So people, even your your fans, your admirers, don't expect you to be fabulous all the time no. because you are human and they like to see this progression and they like to see that you're learning and changing. And we don't learn and change um by doing everything perfectly. No, and we don't. <laughs> it's do- a lot of failure and, yes. you know, messing around. Yes. And so we're, we should, you know, I think we should curate what what goes out there. But as you said, it doesn't, it, within a body of work, there may be pieces that are simply stepping stones yeah. within that body of work, but they're good to see in there. Yes. If they're, as you say, excellent enough or good yeah. enough to engage the viewer to learn something about you, right. then I think they belong there. Yeah. And and one of the things that always strikes me is, you know, if I have a show 
there's usually, you know, two or three pieces in the show that I think are the real stars. Yeah. And then there are some that I'm like, yeah, they're good enough. But I don't, I, you know, I'm like, I would honestly say I don't think this is the best piece in the show. But I am always surprised, even though I shouldn't be, that you will have people come along and the piece that you think is is just the, you know, frankly, just not not the greatest piece in the show. It's really the lowest piece in the show. They'll be like, I think this this is my favorite piece in the show. And it just reminds you that we have to be forgiving of ourselves. We have to have high standards, but we have to avoid perfectionism because it is subjective and we may be bogged down in all kinds of reasons that we think a piece isn't as good as the world might think it is. And just keep that in mind when you're making it, that that there is subjectivity, even in our own selves, that some days I look at a piece that I once really liked and then I think it's not so good and I might come back six months later and like it better, that even <laughs> we are fickle of our own That's work. That's true. It, it's just the nature of well, the game. Well, you know, and, and earlier we were talking about how people get bogged down in little details in their work. They want to work right. this little corner till yes. it's great. I think... When we look at our work, we often see those places like right. this painting would be really good if that color were just a little bit different. Right exactly. there. And you, yeah. you tell that to somebody and they're like, what are you even talking about? They don't <laughs> even see it. They're like, well, exactly. What are you talking about? Yeah. So, yeah. So have some confidence and, and trust that there is a bigger picture. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um, anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? No, I just think to remind people that that you need to assess where you are and really assess what excellence means for where you are to not use judgmental terms like this is ugly or I hate this or I'm not a good painter, but say what's working and what's not both the good and the bad because it is a journey. And if you let yourself get bogged down in that other stuff, then your journey is going to come to an end way, way too soon. And I think that's the saddest thing of all. I was going to say, that's, that's a, I'm sorry we're ending on this sad note, but yes. It's not. I, I want to use it as a positive note. That yeah. this, this, I, what we're talking about is every reason to keep your journey going yeah, yeah. and to how to get rid of those reasons to make your journey stop. Right. Yeah. And I, I agree. When, when people cut themselves short, it's, you say, there's a lot of potential there. Right. Just keep believing that you can do it. So yes, keep trying. All right. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. <laughs> All right. And thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you. That was Greek. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. <laughs> well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com as well as www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.